0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Bozla. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Mickey. Um, And so if you haven't hit that like and subscribe button, do it right now, wherever the button is on whatever you are listening to or watching this on, hit that button, follow us, never miss an episode. Oh man, I was just like, well, actually at that time I was probably about walking my dogs, but yeah, no, too early.
1: 4 a.m., yeah?
0: Yeah, mm mm-mm. Too early. I'm I'm cuddled <laughs> up in bed. No. <laughs> um, But always great to have another Canadian on the show. I love it. Um, I also love having like the European, Australian, like just because there's so many of the of the Americans on the show, but it's so much fun to have like the different cultures. I love it. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Well, I'm a book publicist in Canada. I own Creative Edge Publicity. I have over 100 represented authors with New York Times bestsellers, USA Today bestsellers, international bestsellers in all genres, and I also am the sole publicist for six small press publishers.
0: Oh, six of them? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's six. Oh, nice. So that's what you yeah. do, but but who are you?
1: Oh, who am I? Who? Well, I'm a crazy Canadian from Alberta who gets up at 4 a.m. every day, who's all about music and comic books. And well, I ne- currently have four cats. So figure that one out. <gasps> <laughs> four, well, three of which, actually, it's a lie. I have five cats, three of which will be going away very, very soon Hi. because my cat had kittens.
0: Oh, you yeah, know, so, mine are all fixed. No kittens here.
1: Yeah, no, they, she had kittens. So three of them are going away and I'm going to keep one.
0: Okay. Keeps following me around.
1: Won't leave me alone. So oh, I adopted it.
0: Oh my goodness. I love it. Yeah. When I was in high school, we, I had a cat and before we managed to get her fixed, she, had, she got pregnant. My mom's like, we're not keeping all mm-hmm. the kittens. I'm like, but mom, cause we can keep one. It's fine. She only ended up having one that survived, so Uh, didn't have to worry about it. She uh, was very, very small, and she was a very petite cat, so I think she had one survive, and I think she only had one other one that didn't. Like, it wasn't like she had a big litter. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, I got the mom off Kijiji, and the family I got him from didn't even know she was pregnant.
0: Oh, so you got her while she was pregnant?
1: Yeah, so... We kept feeding our purebred Bombay, because that's what she is, and we kept wondering why she's gaining so much weight. And we got her probably in late April. June 13th, I hear a yelp from my bedroom, and next thing you know, four little kittens have like exploded onto my bed
0: <laughs> oh my gosh you need no <laughs> and patience. i didn't even
1: know about it
0: <laughs> oh my goodness that's hilarious
1: <laughs> yeah, I but like, don't okay.
0: tell little babies.
1: now we know why you've gained weight and i can continue feeding you in the pattern i have been
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that that's a pleasant surprise
1: it was okay i live in an apartment my my landlord is pretty relaxed about it so it's all good
0: yeah what is he gonna do evict me over four cats i don't think so right
1: <laughs> that yeah. are gonna be gone away in like four ten weeks
0: so, exactly uh, it's not like you were like hmm you know it'd be great if i just had a whole bunch of cats forever it yeah be that's great. not gonna
1: happen it i would go be squirrely because as much sleep as i'm not getting because i only get four hours <laughs> anyways <laughs> you gotta think i'm only getting really two hours because there's like four kittens jumping all over my bed because it's peak hour energy oh, time for I them.
0: <laughs> I don't sleep with any of my cats anymore because of the dogs, so I have all the dogs with me. Oh, lucky yes. you. There so there's woof. there's just enough room for me. Yeah. And then and then the dogs. Yeah. So my husband so gets my regulated, relegated yeah. upstairs <laughs> with the cats.
1: <laughs> so that's my story. Books, music, cats, And while I have a 15-year-old autistic daughter as well.
0: And that segues into our topic today. So we are going to talk about raising kids with autism because it's, as everybody who watches the show knows, near and dear my heart, Um, I always like to preface this for anybody who hasn't watched the show before. I realize autism is not a mental health disorder, it is a developmental disorder. I just lost my train of thought. It's developmental, right? So um, I do realize that, but it is near and dear to my heart. So we talk about it. That's the joy of being the host of the show. You do what you want. <laughs> so let, so you said 15 year old daughter, right? Yeah. And I know that girls are often harder to get diagnosed than boys. Um, boys are often diagnosed earlier. When, um, when did you finally have the diagnosis?
1: It's a complicated story because we were living in Saskatchewan. um, Ezra was probably about five years old. And she was struggling in kindergarten. She was asked to do patterns, and the teachers gave her fail marks for not doing patterns the right way. And she did patterns, just not the way that they wanted her to do it.
0: Mm. But in her mind,
1: it was patterns. Yep. And then there was a couple of meltdowns. And she continually was lining, lining things up and the kids weren't understanding why she was doing that and all this kind of stuff. So multiple meltdowns came down. We ended up getting like a, a learning coach with her. And that learning coach has three autistic children.
0: Oh, so good. So they know.
1: She knew, so she knew exactly what had to be done. At the time when we were living in Saskatchewan, there did not have a support system for autism in Saskatchewan. And so this learning coach said, you need to get coded and you need to get support and all of that, but you can't do it here. You need to move to Alberta. Ah. So I found a job that was actually hiring me for the Alberta marketplace, which I'm no longer with, but... um, Through that move, we actually moved to Alberta and within two months of us moving to Alberta, we had been coded. We had a psychologist talk with her and get documentation down. And from grade one onwards, she had a special aid in class. So she's gone to regular school, she's high functioning, Um, all of that. The problem though is and this maybe segues a little bit, I don't know which other question could be Randy, but the problem is with high functioning autistic kids, it's harder to parent them in my opinion, than it is with kids who are full-blown autistic because you number one, never know what's gonna set them off. And number two, you never know what they are thinking because I mean, they're verbal, they talk, they, they're highly intelligent, they do all these things. But if you're putting their clothes out at age six, and this happened to me, if you're putting their clothes out at age six and you forget one sock, it turns into a full day meltdown. And you don't know as a parent how to handle that because it's throwing stuff, it's hitting walls, it's kicking, it's multiple tears all day over one sock that wasn't put out in in the area where it's supposed to be. So, yeah, welcome to high functioning autism.
0: So, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, okay, so just so everybody who's watching, who's listening, is on the same page. Um, my son, um, he's transgender, so I'm gonna say girl back in the day because that's when he was diagnosed. So, again, my daughter's
1: non binary as well, actually. It's
0: perfect. Crazy. Yeah, I like the cup. Um, so Thanks. that's why I was saying I know that girls are harder usually to get diagnosed because girls, and if anybody hasn't seen any of my TikToks, guys, I got diagnosed last year, yay, finally. Um, Life makes sense. So it takes a long time because we pretend to fit in. Um, We try to mask much more than our male counterparts when it comes to autism. At least that's what the research says. Um, And so for, for my kid, it wasn't until he was finally eight that they finally gave the diagnosis. And we went through ADHD, we went through oppositional defiant disorder. Um, there was a bunch of other ones now um, that I can't remember because this is seven years ago, but they just kept putting every other label of oh, sensory integration disorder, every other label that all could be explained by autism. They just didn't want to put that label on him at first. Um, and unfortunately, so I'm in Ontario and it's, it's funny, when you were talking about yeah. how Saskatchewan, you were told, oh, we don't have anything here, move to Alberta. So I've heard they a don't. lot of good, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Alberta. Um,
1: it's the best province in Canada for autism support.
0: It is, uh, that, that's what I've heard. But I find it funny because so many people in Ontario are always complaining about our services here. And I'm not saying they're the best, but hearing you say Saskatchewan has nothing, Ontario's doing pretty good then. Right? Yeah, we have I mean, something. At,
1: right. And I don't want I want to preface that though, Randy Lee, because at the time Saskatchewan didn't have anything.
0: Yeah, they probably have things they are, now.
1: They are starting to just, I believe, just starting to get that. Yeah. And honestly, with 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 the coding of my daughter. That wouldn't have happened without the learning coach because she had people she could leverage to help us get where we needed to be.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's really so, important yeah. is having the support system, finding the right people to then help yeah. you. Because even um, when when my kid was diagnosed, it was like, okay, now what? I have no idea now what? Like, yay, we have a reason for all these meltdowns because he was the same thing. Uh, all the meltdowns over... I don't know, and I don't know how you feel about this question, but doctors and therapists and teachers would always go, "Well, what do you think is the setting them off? What do you think is the cause of this meltdown?" Oh, right, exactly. I'm like, if I knew that, we wouldn't be having meltdowns because we could, you know, arrange life without it.
1: I'll tell you a quick story if I can. Yes. If I can, yeah. Yeah. I'm very scarred when it comes to the education system. And the reason for that is my daughter's special aid and my daughter's teacher, I had a meeting with them once and she was probably in grade four or five or six or something. I don't remember the year. But during that parent teacher meeting, they told me with, with my daughter sitting there your daughter will never learn calculus. Your daughter will never read proper English. Your daughter will never be at the stage where she's academically the same as other kids because of her ADHD, her autism, all of that. You know what I did, Randy? I asked the special aide, who's supposed to be her advocate. Yeah. I asked the special aid to leave the room. I said, yep. you're telling me in front of my kid that she's never gonna be able to do calculus, you can leave. I don't yeah. wanna to talk to you right now. Go right. away. Yeah. And she left in tears. And then I continued on with my parent teacher meeting with the teacher. And I said, do I need to escalate this? Because this is a defeatist aspect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for you to say it in front of my kid with me sitting here, right. sorry, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. She's in high school now. Yep. Top 90s in math. Woohoo. Reading top 70s, top 80s in social studies. Reading English. She read four books this summer. Nice. So, to anybody listening out there, if parents or teachers or educational experts tell you your kid can't do these things, it is BS. Yeah. I'm sorry to be so viable and vibrant about this. Oh, but you're saying it nicer than I would. <laughs> it just gets me fired right up. Yeah. And the thing with this aide was, she came up to me after and she's like, I've never had a parent ask me to leave a meeting before. I'm like, yeah, I've never had an aide deface my child in front of their teacher before. And their right. parent before.
0: Yeah. So, it, that story just... The mindset reminds, ticks me off. Oh, I know. That story reminds me of so many sto- like meetings that I had with my kid, but one in particular, um, popped into my mind that I want to share on this whole school thing, because same thing, school, they, they like to tell you what they can't do. They don't like to, to help them actually achieve what they can do. It's so frustrating. So he was, uh, this was grade five and he, was in a section 23 school classroom. So what that means basically is it's a classroom outside of the norm. They don't like to call it segregated. Yeah. That's what it is. Of course they um, don't. So it was because there were so many meltdowns in the previous schools. Um, and mm-hmm. by this time, this would have been as fourth school in grade five, <laughs> um, because that's what our school system like to do is just, oh, we just go to a different class, go to a different school. Horrible right? Like people with autism, we need routine. And by changing it constantly, at no point was he ever settled into a class to feel secure enough to then be able to learn. But let's just keep putting him in class. Anyways, Whole other story. So he's in this, this class and he had um, brought a butter knife to school the one day because he said he didn't feel safe there and actually seeing all the other kids there. Um, this was the school that they put the behavior kids, not just autism but literally just kids that had really severe violent behaviors and they put them all in the same class yeah there there, there was um there was police there and ambulances there on on a regular basis um, so again not good for a kid that sponges up everyone else's um, behaviors because they're trying to fit in so they you know if everyone else is acting violently then I'm gonna act violently too or I'm gonna protect myself and so anyway, so the school calls and they say, hey, we need to have a meeting uh, about this and a few other things. I said, OK, great. When is it? Um, and then they said, but we don't want Levin to come. What? like, Excuse you. So you want me to talk about him? And again, grade five. So it's not like and I have always said that as long as my kid can advocate for himself, I have done a good job as a parent because it is a harder struggle it's going to be harder for him as he gets older and wants to find a job and do those other things because social Mm -hmm. skills are lacking um it's not to say he can't do it but it's just it's going to be a little bit trickier right um and so i said so you want me to go there and talk about him behind his back and make decisions unilaterally for him they're like um well we just thought it would be best if he wasn't there like they didn't know what to say to me i said no he's going to be there this is a Good meeting about him. Why would he not be there? <clears throat> it doesn't that's make right. sense. And uh, of, yeah, and oftentimes in meetings, I, he would be there unless he chose not to come. If he chose not to come, that's fine, right? Um, but I've always been very much, OK, I want to talk to you about this. Because, uh, yeah, he's in high school. Now he's going into grade 11 this year. Okay. And even when we're talking about, hey, what, what courses do you want to take next semester? I talk to him, do you wanna take this? Do you wanna take that? Um, we do the
1: same thing, I do yeah. the same thing.
0: Cause it's, and even if your child, even if you come across a child who is nonverbal, they can still answer you in a different way. So I actually was interviewing somebody else on the show last year and she said, it's not nonverbal, it's non Have you heard that yep. term?
1: I, I have, yeah.
0: That was the 100%. first time I had heard it last year and I'm like, that's the best. So for those who have not heard that term, Non-vocal means you're not talking, you're not saying the words, but there's mm-hmm. other ways you can, you can talk, right? Body language, I mean, I do it all the time, I'm a hand talker. Um, pointing to things, being able to, to point at pictures, writing out words, like there's a lot of ways that you can communicate without words.
1: Yeah, it's, it's this, this whole thing, it just drives me batty because people, number one, don't understand. People, number two, don't wanna take the time to understand. And number three, people just want to put categories on these kids because they don't know how to deal with that. I've had multiple times where I've gone shopping with my daughter for clothing or accessories at Claire's or Ardeen or whatever. Yes. And she'll just walk around for hours on end. And the staff are like, well, why is she taking so long? I'm like, does it matter? (laughs) Yeah. She's a customer. It, she's a customer it doesn't matter yeah and, she, and then I say well she's got autism and ADHD so it takes her a long time to process
0: yeah
1: and the staff are like she doesn't look autistic I'm like
0: oh oh my gosh
1: can I you tell know. me what autism look like can you tell me what autism looks like yeah like it drives me batty like it really does yeah so yeah I just people need to under, try to understand what these kids are going through and what they think about because it's a completely different way to look at life. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. I mean, always people, whenever I tell my somebody new that I meet that my daughter's autistic, the first thing they say is, I'm sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry? Right? Well, she has a disease. I'm like, she doesn't have a disease. Yeah. She has a different way of thinking and a different way that she lives. And that's all it is.
0: Yep. Exactly. Drives me nuts,
1: drives me nuts.
0: Yeah, What at my old job, this is probably, I haven't been there for four years. So this is going back at least seven years, probably close to when Levin was first diagnosed. Um, And Levin went through a period of time where he was, well, violent meltdowns outwardly, and then it turned inwardly. Yeah. And so there was a lot of self-harm um, and suicide attempts. And yeah. so I had taken time off work to, to go to the hospital and different appointments. And then the one day I'm in the staff room, the like um, little kitchenette and one of the, the people there, she's like, oh, how, how's your kid? And I'm saying, you know, he's in the hospital now, he's doing much better and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't know how you do it. I hate that. I don't know how you, Oh, I do it because it's my kid and I love him. Like, And then I looked at yeah. them, I go, I, I'm not really sure what you mean. It. I have to do it. and." For me, um, I do have a stepdaughter, but at the time she wasn't living with us. So we did have her every weekend, but it's it's not the same as having your kid full time. Right. And I go, I don't have anything else to compare it to. Like, I don't have an older neurotypical child to be like, oh yeah, that one was so much easier. Because to be honest, actually my stepdaughter, when she did move in with us and stuff, the, the neurotypical kid, so much more difficult. <laughs> so like... <laughs> It's just like every kid is unique and every kid is different. So I just, oh, I hate that. And it, she's not the only one that has said that to me. But that's my, that's my pet peeve. Oh. I don't know how you do it.
1: Well, what else are we going to do? Not do it?
0: Right? I, I like, don't know. Really?
1: Like, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, the self-harm thing happens. Ezra's, or my daughter's, cut multiple times. Yep. So it's because she, she can't feel things. So the only way to feel is to actually self-harm or cut. So we gave her a pen instead. It's almost like she's got writing tattoos all over cause she's writing stuff, whatever, right? So yep, there's My there's ways the around same. stuff. There's ways around stuff. Exactly. You just gotta find the tools to make that happen.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good point. You gotta find the tools you gotta find what works for them. Cause I mean, every person is different but there's that saying where if you've met one autistic person you've met one autistic person um, because It's such a very wide spectrum. Um, And like you said, you can't just look at a person and know if they have autism or not. Um, It's not like, you know, if somebody's in a wheelchair and even then, I mean, you don't even know some, uh, most people in wheelchairs still have some ability to walk. It's just, they don't have the ability to walk long enough distances or they need extra support, right? So, I mean, you still can't really know, but you know that there's something, right? Whereas you look at somebody with autism sometimes and you cannot tell at all. And then they say yep. something completely out of the blue or do something that you're like, what?
1: I love it, though.
0: I know. I, I love
1: it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel blessed to, to have my daughter in my life because she gives me total different perspectives on things. It's yep. great. Yeah.
0: My kid used to always say when he was younger. You always have three choices in life because I'd be like, um, you need to clean this up now. And he's like, no, (laughs) okay. You can clean this up or you can go to your room. No. Okay. Well, those are your two choices. No, there's always three choices. And I'm like, okay. And the third choice would usually be like the, the one that you would never think of because it was so crazy. Like, why would anyone think to just leave? Like, he'd be like, I could just leave. You're yep. six. You're, you can't you just leave. I could. Like, granted, technically, yes, you you could just yeah. leave, and then I'd have to yeah. go after you and bring you back. But yes, technically, you are right. There are three choices. You could.
1: <laughs> it's like, true. It's 100% um, true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but no, for sure. That outside-the-box thinking is not something that we always... That's why it's outside the box. Really. That's
1: right. And so for... We can, yeah.
0: Anybody listening right now, what would you tell them if they are, I don't want to use the word suspicious because that sounds like mean, but like if they are considering that their kid may have autism, what's your advice to them?
1: From what I've learned in this, I and mean, granted, I mean, I'm not an expert, Let, Let's let's face facts. I'm not, I didn't go to school for this. I, we're just I, I don't have a PhD, yeah, we're just parents. But if parents suspect things, read, do your research, look for the signs of things that trigger autism. Like with our daughter, we suspected things when she started lining up Legos or she started lining up her teddy bears or her pillows. And then we get upset when we move one of those items away from her, from a game. Like, lining up things when she was really, really young was a big trigger for us, yeah. first and foremost. Other things would be looking at life and, and how they interact. I mean, because it's different. And the responses, like, you're talking about, I could just leave. Well, yeah, that's that's an autism response to yeah to having solutions so if there's anything like meltdowns over little things that seem minuscule or lining up things or or things like that I think it's worth it to research that because the earlier you catch this at least you know what you're facing then and it's going to be a lot easier to parent down the road because once you know what you're up against or up with then you can make a platform and make a battle plan to to make sure that the transition and the parenting is not smooth sailing cuz it never will be but just easier going forward.
0: Yeah, you can put all the supports in place.
1: You can. And and to that point as well Randy, never never give up. Fight for your supports. Yeah. You're, you're paying you're paying for healthcare or whatever it is in Canada you're justified in getting this. You you deserve it. Yeah. So fight for it. And don't let people tell you differently. You're going to have to fight all the way through.
0: And that's, that's a big one, um, is fight for it. And unfortunately not everyone can, can pay for it while you're waiting on, on a wait list. We were lucky enough. Well, not when he was first diagnosed, when he was first diagnosed, we were broke because we were, you know, young college students, but, um, now, in the last, I'd say two, two, three years, we're able to say, okay, you know what? While we're on this wait list for speech therapy, at least we can take him to the therapist um, to work on his PTSD right now. Like, so we're able to to at least accommodate some of the, the the stuff that we needed because really doing all the therapies at once is very overwhelming, anyways. For sure. So while we're waiting for the one, okay, we we can do the other, which is nice. Yeah,
1: and I mean, for parents who are, who are looking at this and if their children become, like, if they have, if they're autism, if their children are autistic, look at it as a blessing. Don't think, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Or, oh, oh, no. Yeah. No, no. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as a blessing because it really, it, it really is. Yeah. It's a different way of life and just amazing. Yeah.
0: Yes, our brains are very cool.
1: <laughs> well and not only that but hearts of gold like yeah kids with autism all they care about is the right things to do yeah I mean our daughter has cleaned up picked up garbage off the ground just because yeah it's the right thing to do so she'll do that or you know have a sense of, of loyalty towards people and just kindness
0: and it's so funny there's that no you- s- There's no anger, there's no
1: hate, none. Yeah,
0: it's so funny that you say that because um, when I was first researching autism, when, when he was first diagnosed, like you said, research, read, I was all about doing that. Um, you and I kept seeing articles about how, yes, people with autism do have empathy. They do have, like you said, hearts of gold. It's just that you can't always see it immediately. And so right. there's this assumption that we're like cold hearted or something and it's like, mm, no, no, not at it's all. It's the opposite. Yeah, we just show it in a different way, really. Yeah. Um. There was something else that popped Oh, so we we're talking about reading. So a really good book that I read early on was, um, what was it called? The Explosive Child, I think it was. Yes,
1: I know that book.
0: Yeah, so good. I definitely recommend that to. Anybody um, who, you know, if you're waiting for a diagnosis or you're struggling with your head, because it really taught me, because this was before he had the diagnosis of autism. And I'm like, hey, the regular forms of discipline aren't working, why aren't they working, right? And so I read this book and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's because he is not intentionally doing these things to be bad, he's doing them because he's overwhelmed. He's communicating with me in the only way that he knows how right now, by yelling, by screaming, by throwing, um, uh, by having a temper tantrum, uh, sorry, by having a meltdown, not a temper tantrum, by having a meltdown. And so I was like, oh my goodness, this explains so much. And it really, really helped me to be able to communicate with him. So yeah, The Explosive Child, something green wrote it. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't remember, but I know the book.
0: Yeah, The Explosive And you're right, child. I
1: mean, regular discipline doesn't work. Yelling will never work. No. Um. Physical will never work because they think differently. Yeah. That's not, all it's gonna do is cause more meltdowns and fear. It's gonna cause fear. You don't want that.
0: Yeah. I remember when I was when I was little and I was super verbal clearly um, and had some friends at school and did, got good grades and stuff. So that's why it took me so long to get um, diagnosed because especially 30 years ago um, it wasn't it, you didn't really see yeah. the kid who was doing well in school as one that had issues right and right. It, nobody can go inside of my brain and um, when I'm asked broad questions I tend not to be able to answer them I need very specific kind of questions um, which as an adult I've learned now so I can say um can you make that more specific but as a kid I'd be like I don't know, I don't know. so if it's like, Oh, how are you feeling? Good. Like, cause it's not specific. Right. But if it's like, are you feeling overwhelmed right now? I, I could have said, yeah. Um, but just how are you? Oh, fine. I don't know. Right. So I can remember my mom not knowing how to deal with my meltdowns. And so she would put me in my room and hold the door shut because she didn't know what else to do to protect me from, from, you know, throwing things from hurting myself, that kind of thing. So being in my room was a safe place and yeah. she didn't know what else to do, right? And when my kid was younger, I was like, oh my, you're just like your mom. You're just like your mom. Like, I people would be like, this isn't normal. Kids shouldn't do that. I'm like, what do you mean it's not normal? This is what I was like. Yeah. Um, so you do the best that you can at the time, but now with, with Google and stuff, we're, we're able to get a lot more resources. Like, my mom would talk to the doctor and say, you know, she's very behavioral. Oh, just a kid. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's true. And, I mean, for our kids, high school's hard enough. There's lots. And I don't know how it is with boys. I've just seen lots of stuff with girls. And I hate to to broaden it, but I'm going to do that. There's lots of cattiness. There's lots (sighs) of backstabbing. There's lots of backstabbing there's lots of not understanding um our daughter has written off pretty much all of her friends because her friends lied to her backstabbed her yep didn't want they wanted to play games with her because she thinks differently all of yep. that and, and our advice to her was you know what write it off find people who appreciate you and value you and if they if they don't appreciate you and value you then they don't deserve to be around you yeah and and she's done that like she's written off all of her friends and gotten new ones good and the new ones and the new ones are ones that identify who she is and provide value to who she is
0: oh good. And that's what counts
1: the most it right is. so
0: yeah finding yeah. really good true friends is so hard like um
1: it is as adults too but i'm just th- uh, that's what i was heart. gonna say
0: even as adults i have I mean, I have, I have friends, I have acquaintances, but I mean, my really, really good friends that I can actually be my true whole crazy self that I am, yeah. I, I can count on one hand.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's sad that that happens actually. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, in high school, oh my goodness. That's why I skipped a lot, right? And I, I was lucky that my mom, um, she let me skip uh, with a couple of rules. She had to know where I was. Basically, if you're not at school, you're at home. You're not going out gallivanting. That's her favorite word to say as a teenager. Which Don't you wouldn't have gall- done anyways. Nope. <laughs> um, and you can't fail, right? Yeah. So if you're going to not yeah. be in class to hear the instructions, that means that you better be able to do the work at home. And so I stayed home and I passed all my courses. Um, Good for you. Because going and to school. there's schools, nothing
1: wrong with that. No.
0: Um, now, though, there's this term, school refusal. Have you heard that one yet? No. Okay. So there's been some some newer research. Um, I can't remember where I first heard it, but there's been some newer research around school refusal, which isn't the same as just skipping. So I definitely had more of a school refusal than a skipping. So skipping is more like, I just don't want to go to school. School sucks. I'm just not gonna go. I just I would rather be at the beach. Um, and so you just don't go and you just don't care about school. Whereas school refusal is more of a Going to school makes me overwhelmed. It makes me anxious. It makes me depressed. It's very difficult to do. I don't want to do it because it really is a struggle to do it. And so it's not that you don't want to learn. It's not that you don't want that information. It's that it's so difficult to get out of the door and into that school that it's easier to stay home. Yeah. And I, I, when I first read that, I was like, this is so much better than just saying, oh, this person skips all the time because there's a reason behind it. And so that's my son. My son rarely goes to school. We do, I do try to get him out the house because there was a time in grade four, I think it was maybe six, I don't remember, Um, where he was, the anxiety was so high. It was almost, a, it was pretty much agoraphobic. He didn't leave the house for like six months straight. So I still would like him to go to school, but I understand when he's like, I can't go today. And he does all of his work. He is, like you said with your daughter, high grades in all his classes. That's
1: good. Yeah. So
0: there, there is a difference. So for anybody listening, know that your kid may not just be skipping. There may be a reason. So talk to them. Have open communication with them. And that goes for for any teenager. It doesn't have to just be ones with autism. Any teenager could be feeling so anxious at school because maybe maybe they're being bullied. Maybe there is a course that they're struggling so much with that they feel so stupid in class that they'd rather just not be in it, but they don't want to admit it.
1: And not every school is the same in terms of level of service and level of support. Yeah. Um, My daughter's school now, her high school, is amazing with her, with the support system. We have quarterly meetings. We we get her on track, things like that. But there are schools and she's gone to some of them that are not good and yeah. they don't understand and they don't have the budgets or so they say they don't have the budgets. Mm. Yes, And um, parents need to do their homework and their research around that.
0: Yeah, I find uh, high school is very different, at least in Ontario. High school has been much easier for him as opposed to elementary school. So that's also yeah. something maybe to look forward to, <laughs> is that yeah it, no it's it would very be. different yeah
1: elementary teachers and I hate to generalize but I guess I'm going to they don't understand how to deal with this stuff they were never they never went to school for that um I don't know maybe I'm scarred have, as I said but yeah
0: and I mean you have the same teacher for the whole day so if your teacher doesn't understand then the whole day the whole year is a write off really. Um, Whereas in high school, you have a different teacher for pretty much every, like there are some teachers that teach more than one class, but you have different teachers. So maybe you don't connect with one teacher, but you have another one that you can look forward to going and seeing.
1: True story. And the other problem with that is, at least in the elementary point, to the point you just made, the teacher's there for the whole day with the same individuals. And if they're not open to interpretation of what they're, expectations are for example this pattern thing i brought up earlier Yes. where my daughter did a pattern just not the way that they wanted and if they're not open to looking at that then it's always going to be a fight all the way through that process yes so you know what i mean yeah yeah
0: exactly so just yeah i I like what you've said do your research do your reading and just ask a lot of questions so early in our journey um like I said, they just kind of kept pushing them into different classrooms because oh, this social strategies class, it'll be great. And I didn't know much at the time, so I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know what to look for. I was like, okay, it's a small class, sure. Um, the the teacher in that class ended up being amazing, um, one of the best uh, out of all of the school years. There's been two that we've liked. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: um, so goes to show you something. <laughs> so she she was really good, yeah. and then you know, but it still wasn't the best fit. The teacher was good, but the class itself wasn't the best fit. So, you know, there was another class, another class. And so it's just, if you don't know what to ask, you kind of just agree. So what I've learned over the years to say to the school, it's my favorite thing to say to them because they hate it, is let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Yeah, they
1: don't like that at all. (laughs) They don't.
0: They just want an answer right there because they want you, I feel, I don't know, but I feel like they want you emotionally charged to just jump at a decision that they say will be good.
1: Of course, because it's their call and their school and they think that they're doing right when in reality, they don't understand and it's conflicting.
0: Exactly. Um, And there's a lot of different things in the Education Act that, you know, the schools, they just, they say one thing and you're like, "Mm, that's not part of the law. So I give an example, Mm -hmm. just so people understand. Um, Last semester, my kid had math. He's very good at math. Um, but the teacher kept saying that he had to be in class in order to get his grades for tests. And I talked cool. to an educational advocate um, at Agate Private School. She actually services all over. She's very knowledgeable. Um, she and she has read the, edu- the Ontario Education Act from start to finish. So I tell her this, um, and she goes, "Nope, there's nothing in our Education Act that says a child has to be at school with the teacher to do a test to get a grade." So, um, So when I went back to the teacher and I said, nope, that's not gonna happen. Um, He agreed and unfortunately she still still gave him zeros for those tests, but she stopped bugging us to do them. He still passed the course. Um, Unfortunately, it was only with like a 55 on the report card, but every assignment he did was 80s and 90s. So he should have had a much higher grade. But there's only so much fight in a parent. And I think, you know what? I have fought and we have won the fact that she's not bugging us to go to school anymore. She's letting you do all this stuff at home. Let's move on to the next fight.
1: (laughs) Good thing I wasn't there. I just have to say that.
0: Yeah, I just, it was a lot. It it, it was quite the fight with that teacher. So I counted as a win, even though the report card. But at the same time, he's got the credit. That's all that matters right now you've like, got the that's it. right
1: so. yeah our, our school plays nice because we had one interaction where I had to come down on them and ever since that interaction they've they played nice with us
0: yeah don't I don't think I'll have Mickey, issues with that uh, teacher again
1: yeah no and you shouldn't have it's ridiculous yeah, um, yeah I don't I, I love the education system I, I respect teachers for what they do but end of the day if you're gonna be in this profession, and you're going to do this job because it's what you want to do then you have to work with every walk of life and autistic kids are part of that
0: exactly yep um so we're getting to the end of the show very sad oh de- okay i know right maybe maybe you'll have to join <laughs> again because we're. i feel like the conversation yeah. just started um yeah but we are getting close to the end and so Tell people now. Now at the beginning, you sort of told people what you do, but tell them a little bit more, like how to find you, what uh, what you can offer. Because so Mickey is a special guest. He is not a writer, but he is an amazing publicist. So I was like, oh, thanks. I was like, come on the show, yes, let's let's chit chat.
1: Yeah. So I I I represent mostly authors. Um, I do have a musician I signed last week. Oh really so we're yeah so we're branching out i I represent a uk musician who's just phenomenal so i think she's going to go places her name is chloe rose um but i i get book signings for authors i get the media opportunities podcasts uh print magazines newspaper tv i focus on traditional media senses and build up platforms that way and um that's what I do from a logistics standpoint. So very, very busy, until very cost-effective. My company's called Creative Edge Publicity. My website is www.creative-edge.services. And um, that's what I do. So yeah, it's fun.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Um, so Mickey's my publicist. <laughs> He's pretty <laughs> awesome. So, um, That's cool, though, that you're branching out into into some other things. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Music is next. And I mean, I've had some authors, as you well know, Brandy Lee, that are in acting and they've done some stuff. So, yeah, Yeah. that's good.
0: That's that's awesome. Yeah. When I was little, I always said I was going to be a famous actor um, because I didn't want to pick just one profession. That was going to be too boring. So, by being an actor, (laughs) I could do all professions.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> but you're a this, very good writer you're a very good writer thank, and a podcast host, so, thank you so yeah well
0: that's what I figure podcasting I mean it's kind of like acting sometimes it I is, get to put be. on fun it makeup definitely. I don't wear this makeup on the street <laughs> not that I but wouldn't you could. yeah I could it just effort you know <laughs> yeah. um so now I'm building a media empire um, that's awesome that's yeah cool. actually uh So everyone listening to this episode right now, it's the first scoop. I'm gonna have some new shows coming out over the next few months with some more, another host. Um, And so, and I'm hoping my, I'm trying to get my kid to start his podcast for his business um, with the transgender reveal boxes. So some some very cool, different, the purpose of it all though, always inspiration. That's, you
1: know. I love it. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be RB Media.
1: Oh, there you go. That's right? awesome.
0: So very exciting. That's my, my breaking news for everyone. Over the next few months, we're going to be having some more, some more shows, some more hosts, some different things happening, which is fun. So yeah, I don't want to be pigeonholed in one thing.
1: <laughs> no, you shouldn't. No one ever should.
0: That's why I got on the shelf, right? I got the, the kid's book. I got the nonfiction book. Oh, the scary stories aren't up there yet. I, well, I need more shelf space. Good. I ran out.
1: Well, you can do that <laughs> soon. It's good.
0: Yes. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the Thanks show. And what mm. is one last piece of advice um, that you would give to somebody who's listening right now who... Let's talk, let's go with education system. They're in the education system and they wanna be a really, really good teacher. Um, what's your piece of advice for them?
1: Just be open to constructive discussion and and not, not be dismissive and, and think that everything has to follow the same rules of education because autistic kids don't think that way. Every kid is different. Every kid's mindset is different. And they're all going to provide and learn in different ways, shapes and manners. But as a teacher, if you can figure out for your student how and what the best way for them to learn is, those kids are going to have more success and you're going to feel more rewarded as a result of that.
0: I love that. So, again, thank you so much. Everybody can check out um, what Mickey does at his website. We're going to have the link down in the description below. Um, so, oh, be nice. sure to, to just check it out, share it, because, yeah, he's got some amazing authors. <laughs> me. Um, he's got some amazing <laughs> authors <laughs> that uh, maybe, maybe you haven't even heard of yet, or maybe you have, and, and you just want to know a little bit more about them.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on.
0: You're so welcome. Again, thank you, Mickey, for being on the show. Be sure to check out his link down in the description below Um, and stay up to date because he, as much as he's not an author per se, he has so many things on the go. Um, He writes different things. Like it's not that he doesn't write. He writes uh, press releases and things, that counts. Um, But uh, he's always got some different things on the go, some really cool authors he's always bringing on. So, you know, follow, stay up to date because you never know what's gonna pique your interest. If you want to support the channel, be sure to check out our merch store. 10% of the proceeds goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association, as well as we have a Patreon. You get some behind-the-scenes footage and some first reads at what I'm writing. So be sure to head on over there as well. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.